you suck for fit for picking it. Wow. <laughs> oh. oh. That, that's what I'm going to lead off with in the personal section. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts, Jason and Eric, are counting down the top 50 movie soundtrack songs from the 80s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Eric, your host for this episode. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jason. What's going on, Jason? I appreciate you not forgetting about me. <laughs> How could I forget about you? <laughs> there we go. That's confirmation right there. I'm there unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> A quick note that this episode is sponsored by HalloweenCostumes.com. You can save 20% off your next order by clicking the promo link in today's show notes. But don't wait too long because the 20% offer expires Halloween night. Don't forget about it. Yep. We are continuing our list of the top 50 80s movie soundtrack songs. And in this episode, we're up to number 11 in our countdown. Just outside the top 10. I can't believe it. Oh, man. This song uh, comes from one of the most iconic 80s movies of all time. We're talking about Simple Minds and Don't You Forget About Me from the movie The Breakfast Club. By the numbers. Released in February of 1985. This song hit number one a few months later in May and stayed there for three weeks. Um, while they had, had enjoyed some some success in their native UK, uh, Simple Minds had yet to break through in the US. And this was their only number one song and their biggest hit in the US to date. Uh, but this was actually the song that nobody really wanted. It was offered to a multitude of people, including Brian Ferry, Billy Idol, Corey Hart, and The Fix. Really? And every single one of them turned it down. Now, see, I knew about Billy Idol, but right. Corey yeah. Hart, that sounds interesting. Actually, um, Corey Hart, they uh, one person wanted to give it to him, and somebody else said that he didn't have the voice for it. So it wasn't actually offered to him, but the, the, he was in the he was in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But it was it was offered to Brian Ferry, uh, Billy, Billy Idol, and the fix outright, and they all outright turned it down. Amazing. Yeah. Um now, the Simple Minds initially turned it down as well because they weren't too excited about recording something that they didn't write. At the time, lead singer Jim Kerr said, "We and I'm not going to use all the words that he used, but he said, <laughs> we, are, we are simple effing minds. We don't do songs that sound like Simple Minds. We are Simple Minds. We do our own songs. Okay. Um, at the time, Jim Kerr was married to Chrissy Hines of The Pretenders. And she's the one that finally persuaded the band to take the song. Uh, but even, even beyond that, the band seemingly tried everything in their power to sabotage this thing. Uh, when they finally agreed to record, uh, Jim Kerr fought to change some of the lyrics. And it wasn't until they actually set up a, a viewing for him to, to, to screen the movie and put the lyrics in context that, he fin- context that he finally relented and didn't want to change the lyrics. Interesting. Uh, and then when it came to the video, the director didn't want to use any real movie footage in the video. Um, 
but he later he and the band were finally convinced to show uh, a little bit of footage on the TVs that were on the set of the right. videos. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the band chose not to include it uh, on their album that was coming out in just a, in just a few right. months after the, they chose not to include it on that on that album. Um, and really what happened was the band showed up to a London studio. They arranged and recorded the song uh, in three hours, believing it would be a throwaway song on a forgettable wow. movie. Um, they were so they were so not excited about recording the song that they left uh, placeholder lyrics in place. So the signature la 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 la's at the end of the song were just placeholders that they left in place because wow. they, they didn't feel like going back and fixing it. Oh wow! Can you believe that? It, it's <laughs> just such a natural fit. That's crazy. I know. I know. That's crazy. Years later, Jim <laughs> Jim Kerr said. Yeah, we were a bunch of effing idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the song isn't on Once Upon a Time, but yep. that's one of my favorite albums of the 80s. And it doesn't, it really doesn't need it, in my opinion. But it's no, amazing it they, they left it off. You know, that's... They felt like it didn't, They uh, I read a, a different article where they said they felt like that it, that song didn't sound like them enough to put on that album and that it would stick out like a sore thumb. So that's why I left it off. Let's get personal. So um, since you feel like I stole this song from you, Jason, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you lead off with, oh, uh, your, look at you. with your personal connections to this song. I feel very privileged, but <laughs> just let the record show. I'm insanely jealous you picked this song. <laughs> Everybody knows that. I had the notion to put it in the top 10 because it's just not one of my favorites from the eighties, but of like all time, if I'm like putting an all time song list together, it's in my top 10 easily. Wow. I love this song. And breakfast club is my favorite Brat Pack movie and top five John Hughes easily. So nice. it was just one of those movies that I seem to come across on cable all the time. I didn't see it in the theater. I was too young. Right. Uh, still only what it came out in 86. 80 85 85 okay so nine years old uh still wow. too young to see an r-rated movie then but it just was all i would find it all the time on cable and uh it probably wasn't until like the late 80s or early 90s that i probably in my rated r phase like i talk about all the time <laughs> I when i saw the theatrical rated version. r phase I, but, love yeah, that. I mean basically it's just full of swearing so yeah. it really yeah. wasn't I wasn't missing anything. I was just getting all those wonderful words that the uh, the censors put Bleeped into out. movies back in the eighties. You know, yeah. to put them on TV. Yeah. So I mean, I usually get the notion to watch it at least once a year. I mean, it's not so much any one character that draws me into the movie. I just like the overall story and how they come together. I'm probably a little between the geek and the athlete as far as where I was in high school, you know, so a little bit nice. of Brian, a little bit of Andrew. Yeah. Um, I don't identify really. I, everybody wanted to be Bender of course, but yeah. you know, I, I never had the balls to be <laughs> Bender in school. I just could not never pull that off, but it's just so intertwined with the movie. And I like the way they use it at, just at the beginning at the, at the end of the movie. I don't think they use it at all kind of in the middle it's just kind of a bookend to nope, the thing the, yep exactly right and 
it was really my gateway to Simple Minds, uh, it and Alive and Kicking. Mm -hmm. So I do remember seeing the music video on MTV, like you were mentioning. It's just all them. It, they look like they're in like a real dirty thrift store. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, it just stuff, keeps piling up. There's yeah. stuff everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then every once in a while, you see the TV laying on the floor, and you'll get a little clip of the movie. So, uh, you know, I that was really watching the music video. I don't know. I didn't really need to see all the scenes, but I'm sure they wanted to have those scenes in there. Judging oh, by, yeah. you know, the trend at the time of just putting exactly. all those movie clips in there. Yeah. So it, it I don't know. I, I still enjoy it. Uh, one of my earliest vinyl purchase purchases was uh, Once Upon a Time, that album. Oh. And even though it doesn't feature Forget About Me on there, which is, it is kind of strange that they didn't put it on there, but yeah, it's just really returned to be, uh, turned into be one of my favorites of the decade and I just love their sound and, and Jim Kerr's voice. They remind me a lot of Tears for Fears musically, not necessarily like uh, vocally, but uh, just the elements in the the whole band, uh, their sound as a whole. I, I really enjoy that. And right. if I was into karaoke, yeah, <laughs> this, this would be, be my this would be this my go-to karaoke song. Would it? Yeah, yes. everybody that would go to karaoke bars with me would be saying, "He's <laughs> doing that song again." <laughs> I oh, mean, great. There's Jason. We know yeah, what song he's going to sing. Yeah. But I also love uh, Wang Chung's song on this soundtrack, Fire in the Twilight, yes. which is used during the hallway chase scene with Vernon, yep. you know? Yep. That one, between the two, they're in my uh, my playlist, and I, I listen to them both a lot. But nice. The, mu the, nice. the movie has just been always one of my favorite John Hughes, my favorite Brat Pack era movies. And uh, like I said, it's just it's the, just the overall movie itself. Yeah. Not necessarily one of the characters that I'm putting myself in with, but I just right. like it's almost like you're spying on them. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, cool. I, I get that. Yeah, that's totally. So what about you now? Like, Turn it back over to you. What's your history with Breakfast Club? You know, I, uh, this was this was another one that we tried to get in to see at the theater and couldn't get in um, because we weren't we were 15 at the time. Uh, if I remember right. Mm hmm. Um, but, uh, it's not one of I wouldn't say it was my, one of my, I would say it's probably top 10 John Hughes, but not, it's not in my top five. Um, okay. I'm a big, I mean, I love, I like the movie. I, uh, it, if it's on, I'll usually watch it, but, uh, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't connect with it as much as I did a lot of the other John Hughes movies that I've seen over the, over my lifetime. Okay. Um, but the song though, I've, I, I love the song. I've always loved the song. I don't know how many times I've seen that scene where he throws his hand in the throws air. Throws the fist, and, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just you know it's just an iconic scene. But uh, but yeah, I you know I, I I don't think I have the attachment to it that you do. Um, in the '90s, I saw Billy Idol a couple of times in concert, and uh, it, both times I saw him, he talks about uh, how stupid he was for not recording the song, and then he, mm -hmm. he then he would perform his version of the song. And, uh, interesting. He's it, got the voice. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was a pretty, they're pretty darn good version. The one you find on Spotify now is not very good because he's really rocked it out. But the ones I heard in the nineties that he did it live, mm -hmm. they were really darn good. It makes me wonder what would have happened to Billy Idol if he had recorded this and it blew up the way it did for simple minds. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The breakdown. So my favorite part of the song, uh, are the drums. Uh, 
I just love how tight and how crisp they sound. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I was talking to one of the, I was talking to a drummer that I was in a band with once. Um, and um, he, he literally took me down a, uh, it was like a masterclass of the song about how he could tell the simple mind drummer wasn't using a click track that, that he was using his own time in his head when he was mm -hmm. recording the drums. And he took me like, <laughs> like beat for beat and frame for frame wow. of, of how he could tell that the drummer wasn't using a click track. Um, and uh, I don't, I, for the life of me, I can't tell you how we got into that conversation or why, but I got stuck in that conversation. And, uh, but um, that, that gave me a, a, even, a, even more appreciation for the way the drums sound. I just love how oh, tight yeah. they sound and how crisp, you know, when that, pops that snare drum and how tight it sounds um i also love jim kerr's voice he's just he's just got this this tone to him that yeah his voice is really uh, it's almost whispery when he yeah. gets really low and i love it but uh i like the radio edit i mean i just love the way it starts just boom it hits you immediately mm -hmm. with the big drums and the synth and the guitars and the hey 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 vocals you know the album cut though starts with more drums and then yeah. it hits you yep and you get a little bit more of the hay sections and then the ending is an extended a little bit more so it's nothing major really that they edited out for the radio but the what i listen to in my car is the 12 inch mix which goes seven minutes wow it really extends the intro to about a minute with that drum beat holy you, cow you get some bass in there too even before he starts singing and the keys they all come in before he even starts to sing it's so great and then you get this phaser effect with the keyboard into that first verse which is just awesome i, I you've got to go listen to the 12 inch mix because it's so great there's so much up. you can latch your ear to on this song you know as a singer the vocals they're just so up and down and fun to sing and the drum pattern and the fills are great to air drum with, you know, <laughs> the, the keyboards give you some really great hooks throughout the song as you anticipate the next lyric. And then the bass, just a really great path throughout the song. It's all just catchy as hell. And yet they work so well together. So you can latch your ear onto one of them, but all together, it's just, woof, man, yeah. so good. My yep. favorite part of the song is easily the bridge where it takes you to that you get that final series of laws and mm -hmm. then right after the chorus that beat drops yeah and then you just hear the bass doom, 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 and yep. then you hear that then the kick drum comes in it's playing along kind of with the bass and then the keyboard kind of sets the background with jim kerr's vocals will you walk away you know and mm -hmm. i'm not gonna try to sing i suck at singing <laughs> come on call my name you know yeah. he just goes through that whole pattern and then you get that epic drum fill yeah. right back into the chorus and then the the laws at the end of the song really take you there it's so good man i just there's something about breaking the pattern in a song like when you have a bridge or a solo and it's a, maybe a little bit different or just drops out altogether like this right. one kind of does. And songs that don't have that, I'm like, why are you just, are you in a hurry to end the song? <laughs> you know, take some time, do some stuff with the the talents you, you have, you know, yeah. and. Yeah, I think we uh, talked about that for the uh, what, what was it? Was it the the Rocky song? Was it for Rocky Four? We were talking about the Survivor song where it yes, kind of drops yeah. the, drops the, uh, in the middle. 
drops yeah. out and changes, you know, a little bit of a tempo change and a sonic change. It just, it just adds so much to any song, not just yeah, that yeah. one, but yeah. Just to do something a little bit different or, yeah. or as powerful of a song it is to just drop everything out and just hear the bass and drums together. It's, it's like, woo, and then it builds. And I mean, it's just so good. It's just such good song structure. And I know they didn't write it, but I, I'm interested to know like how much of the the instrumental and, and stuff they included themselves. Because right. it does sound a lot like some of their other songs out there and how the just musically, you know, they they input a lot of little things. So right. I mean, I do know that they, you know, like like you said, they didn't write it, but they arranged they rearranged parts and mm -hmm. arranged it when they were recording it. And they did all of that. They recorded all of what you hear in three hours. Which it's I mean, nuts, three hours changed your entire career because you're still making money off of this song. I mean, every time you know it plays on a on a on a you know when the movie plays or when yeah, somebody yeah. somebody cops that that scene and and makes fun of it or whatever, you're getting you're getting royalties off of that. Three, <laughs> three right. hours changed your freaking life, and you didn't even want to do it. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's crazy. Well, I would just recommend people go out and check out the 12 inch mix. It goes yeah. seven minutes and it's just so much, so much, I got so much more appreciation for the song listening to that versus some of the other songs we've mentioned along the way that that doesn't add much when you try to remix it or, or, or try to extend it. This really adds a lot to it and really builds even in between the verses that's ex extended and doesn't necessarily jump right into the next thing. So I Crazy. love the, the longer version. Well, so don't you forget about me lands at number 11 on the countdown of the top 50 eighties soundtrack songs. Uh, and I was only going to have one bonus song, but uh, I'm going, I'm going to take your word for it and add okay. a second bonus song to this week. The first one is a song by simple minds from their album. Once upon a time called sanctify yourself that's probably my favorite oh, yeah. simple mind song uh, and because you've talked about it so much we're going to also add the 12 inch version of okay. don't you forget about me as a bonus song okay so yeah. that'll be out there as well so if uh you have spotify premium you heard the song in its entirety and you're going to hear these two songs in their entirety as soon as we get through talking uh, if you're a free spotify user shame on you go out and get spotify premium because it's the best way to listen to our podcast because uh, if, you, if you're a free Spotify user, all you're going to hear are quick snippets of these songs. Uh, if you're listening outside Spotify, visit the Song Whip links in uh, the show notes. And that will connect you to the songs in your favorite music app. Uh, you can give us your thoughts on today's episode or any episode on so via social media. You can find us on Twitter at Greatest Lists. Next episode, we're finally we're here. Yeah. Finally I'm not going to tease it. I'm not going to tease anything because we still got the <laughs> people wants to uh, you know get your yeah, guess our I mean, top ten in. That's all right. You you can't tease anymore. I can't songs tease from this it point right forward. now. Well, I can once we get you know into the top ten and once we start because everybody will have their lists in. So, oh well, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I, I can give you the teases uh, <laughs> from here on out. I might just you know hold back for our top three. Uh, because <laughs> I don't want to spoil everything. I don't want to spoil our number one. I don't want that no, to be a, a surprise. That, but yeah. you can probably, if you know your soundtrack history, you can probably guess close to our top three or top five. I'm not sure probably. you can do our full ten, but um, if somebody does, we'll I will see. be I will be frightfully amazed. So, you know, when I was 
27 years old and we started this list, I never thought we'd get to number 10. But the next episode, <laughs> we'll finally be in the top 10. <laughs> Seven. Uh, Back in our day. Back yeah. in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks it's for, for the listening. fun journey. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to The Greatest Lists, and we look forward to continuing our countdown next time. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.